Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. Today's episode is with Brooke Kais, a local teacher and a new mom who said yes to coming on the podcast and having a vulnerable but very important conversation about her postpartum experience. I've actually known Brooke for many years because she and her husband Nathan were longtime and very good friends of our son Jackson, who passed away almost 10 years ago in 2013. They did all kinds of things together growing up, and when we went to watch Jackson compete or perform, whether it was in sports or choir or band, Brooke and Nathan were usually involved in it too, and our families have been intertwined for many years. So it's been special to watch Jackson's friends continue to fight for joy like Nathan and Brooke have this past year, and I'm excited to share a little bit of their story today through my conversation with Brooke. You'll hear early on in our conversation that I kind of assumed we were just going to be talking mostly about postpartum depression, but although anxiety and depression can be linked in some ways, Brooke's struggle has been with postpartum anxiety. I learned a lot by listening to her share and realized there are nuances to what women can experience in postpartum. Motherhood is such a steep learning curve, and I can totally see how becoming a new mom would lend itself to either or both depression and anxiety. But for Brooke, her natural wiring and history of anxiety, plus her normal and understandable desire to want to do everything perfectly for their new son while recovering from pregnancy and giving birth, plus all of the other stressful things going on in her life that you'll hear about, led to panic attacks and a darker time of wondering if she could even do this motherhood thing and if she would ever be herself again. I'm thankful for her openness, and I could tell as soon as we got started chatting that this would be an important conversation to get out to all of you. Also, I was kind of planning on releasing this episode in another month or so, but with all of the feedback that we are continuing to get from the two perfectionism episodes that Eric and I did a few weeks back, I thought this would be a good fit and good to release this one next, as there can oftentimes be some links between perfectionism and anxiety. I also love that this will follow my episode with Liz Nagy, another young mom who's special to me and fighting for joy. And similar to that episode, I really do think that every one of you will find some takeaways in this episode, no matter what season of life you are in. Anxiety affects people of all ages and in all seasons of life. And the themes that Brooke and I discuss at the end of our time together are super important and applicable to all difficulties in life that we may face. They're just great tools in the fight for joy that I want you to hear, and I will just keep hitting on them in each episode of the podcast when I can. So I'm glad you are tuning in and would love to hear your thoughts after you listen. I say it at the end of each podcast episode, but you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and through my website, fightingforjoypodcast.fireside.fm. And I also love getting emails from you at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Okay, now on to the show. Hey, Brooke, I'm so excited that you're here today, and I'm thankful that you were willing to have what I think will be a really important conversation with me. So thanks for coming over. Of course. I'm super, super blessed to be here and excited to share what I've learned. You know, I'm definitely not an expert. I'm a very new young mom, but Mm -hmm. I think it's important to talk about these things. I think so, too. And I think it's good to have these conversations in the middle sometimes when Mm -hmm. everything isn't tied up in a bow and... You are still learning, and I think it's a great time to share because um, when you're learning, and I know you have a teacher's heart too, um, <laughs> that it's it's good to share, and it's a way to help yourself, but mm-hmm. also to help others. And I know this conversation will really be a blessing to people listening. So um, let's just start by having you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, just kind of what your life looks like in your family and whatever you want to share. Of course. So I am a teacher. I'm in my fifth year teaching Uh, New year, new school. So that's been an adjustment this year, Mm -hmm. but a blessing. You know, I like where I am and I like what I'm doing. So kind of finding my way through being a mom and being a a teacher at the same time. Um, I have a 10-month-old son and it's crazy to believe that he's almost one. It kind of felt like at the beginning it was just crawling and then all of a sudden he's almost one. Um, And... We're really blessed to have a really sweet in-home daycare that he goes to where it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, a handful of kids and a super caring caregiver Mm -hmm. who takes care of him and sends us pictures during the day. So great. It's just been a really big blessing. You know, he gets so much interaction and does Mm -hmm. so many fun things there that it makes me feel 
feel easier being at school you know being at school fills my bucket but yeah seeing him be happy there too um so that's been one of the biggest parts of our journey this year but um married of almost four years Mm -hmm. my husband just started being a full-time pharmacist in august so that was a big Mm-hmm. Big goal, big hump for us to get over was pharmacy school and studying for boards and all those things. So it's been really yeah. nice to feel kind of settled yes. now versus yeah. when our son was yes. born. We were definitely not settled no. then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, my husband was actually really good friends with Jackson. Mm-hmm. They were quite close. Mm-hmm. Um, we both knew him, obviously, mm-hmm. growing up mm-hmm. um, in middle school and band and choir and sports and right. stuff. Um, I remember when we were in show choir with Jackson, we would always have early morning practices and he was kind of notorious for being late. Yes. And he would always come in and tell our director that it was because his family was praying together. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) nice. Yeah. Throw that out. Uh Yeah. Uh But then he would always look at Nathan and be like, I'm just kidding. I was just late. He was like, I don't do it every morning. (laughs) And so it was just kind of this joke, like, uh-huh. yeah, Jackson, you were praying. It's funny. That's so funny. I did not know <laughs> yeah. that. Thank you for sharing that story because, yes, he was always rushing yeah. and running mm-hmm. late. And yeah. there were so many times I would, even before he could drive, I would pull him up to those band doors and he was just like, I think they're locked. I think they're locked. You know, and then somebody, mm-hmm. he'd te- text somebody and they'd come and let him in and he just weaseled his way in yeah. there. But yeah. yeah, and you guys, I mean, you were good friends with mm-hmm. him and did so many things together and even spent that last week of his life together yeah. out in California and I remember uh, when he got home from the band trip that he called um, his girlfriend Molly and was talking about you and Nathan mm-hmm. and just like jealous that you guys got to experience all of that together and he loved you guys together mm-hmm. and I know he would be so happy to know that you yeah. guys are married and you know starting a family and um, I just love the friendship that mm-hmm. you guys had, he and Nathan would fish for hours. I mean, I they would also get in trouble for not yep. getting home on time because <laughs> there's just, you know, one more fish <laughs> that they yeah. could catch. Um, but you guys have just, you were good friends to him uh, during his life and you've really honored mm-hmm. him uh, yeah. well in his death and um, really did a special thing at um, at your wedding too to just um, honor his friendship to you guys. So that was really yeah. beautiful. He was such a special friend to Nathan. I don't yeah. think I, since then, I mean, even before then, had ever seen someone mm-hmm. that Nathan connected so closely mm-hmm. with. And um, that was kind of the first big thing. I mean, we were had been dating for like yeah. six months. You know, right, we were in right. high school. We were young. Yeah. But that was... I mean, mm-hmm. it's been a constant in our relationship that we mm-hmm. talk about all the time. And yeah. he, I mean, I don't think we go a week where we don't mm. talk about Jackson or something yeah. funny yeah. or yeah. some kind of story because they just, mm-hmm. they just had a really special connection. They so really did. I know we're both just so grateful for you and Eric and for the way that we've been able to continue to be mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's really helped Nathan especially kind of mm-hmm. walk through his grief and yeah. feel like he's so honoring Jackson and all. Yeah, that. yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And like you just got done sharing, you guys have been going through a lot the last mm-hmm. few years with move and a baby and jobs. And um, But now that you're back here mm-hmm. um, in Fremont, it is exciting to kind of think about the potential yeah. of staying connected even more um, now that things are kind of settling down mm-hmm. for you guys. But yeah, we love having you in our life. We love having Jackson's friends continuing to be a part of um, our family in, mm-hmm. in different meaningful ways. So yeah. That's how I got to know you. (laughs) Um, Well, we'll take a big turn here and get started. (laughs) So today, the topic that I wanted to discuss with you is postpartum depression. Um, Shortly after you had Oakley, you shared a little bit about what you were going through on social media. And that's when I became aware that you were struggling with it. And I do think that it is more common than people think, but it's not talked about very much. And I think it needs to be. So I'm really grateful for your willingness to share today. And I know it's going to provide some help and encouragement for even just one person listening. Mm -hmm. So I guess my first question is, um, what was the first sign? I mean, how did you start to realize that something was off? Um, I have dealt with anxiety for, you know, in different levels mm-hmm. in different parts of my life. I'm mm-hmm. just a naturally antsy kid. You know, there's yeah. stories that my parents have told me from when I was little where I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> like now that I'm so much more aware, I realize, you mm-hmm. know, just how long it has been in mm-hmm. my life. 
Um, so I'm pretty aware of like what it feels like, especially when it gets really, really bad, really, mm-hmm. really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I first dealt with it when I went to college. It just, the change, everything at once just hit me. And I, that was the first time I really like identified it and I knew what it felt like. Um, and so we were at the hospital. I was in labor. Like we were just so excited. Mm-hmm. I had been like leading up to those weeks, just so excited. I you know always wanted to be a mom. It was just mm-hmm. always like just always something I wanted to do. And like labor was going really well. Everything was going really smoothly. You know, Nathan and I were praying and resting mm-hmm. and just kind of waiting it out and waiting for my doctor to get there. And then like he was born, it happened quickly. And I remember it was a shift change and there was a million doctors in the room mm-hmm. because all the, all the nurses were giving their reports and switching shifts. And then there was no one. Mm. And I don't even, I think Nathan was getting our stuff so that we could go to like the mom and baby floor instead mm-hmm. of the labor and delivery unit. And I was just laying there and it was just like this, just like feeling just swept over my whole body of just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Hmm. And I was panicked. I yeah. I thought I had three more weeks to figure things right, out. Right. And, you know, we were having trouble with me feeding Oakley, like he, cause he was early and early boys just mm-hmm. struggle with that kind of stuff. And so I didn't know what I was going to do that way. And, you know, I hadn't really made a decision. I didn't really care, but just like trying to figure yeah. out what I was going to do there. I was in a lot of pain. Like it was just so many things at once. Yeah. And I was just, crying all the time mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. didn't feel what yeah. I expected I would feel yeah. I thought that I was gonna feel this like overjoyed excitement and I just was like panicked and like almost numb and it mm-hmm. was just it was mm-hmm. it was just hard for me to be excited I I truly feel like I just didn't really enjoy a lot of those first couple mm-hmm. of hours because I was just so terrified mm-hmm. yeah so you knew right away and I think that what you're describing sounds like a common feeling mm-hmm. Um, or experience of just not being excited, not having it be what you expected, kind of mm-hmm. almost out of body, like yeah. what is happening and I don't, I'm not enjoying this. Mm-hmm. I'm not excited and happy like I thought I would be. Um, so I think it'd probably be a good thing to kind of define postpartum depression. I mean, I know you're not an expert, like you mm-hmm. said, and neither of us are doctors. Um, but as we dive into this discussion, I just think it's helpful to kind of know how it's typically defined. Could you just share a little bit of maybe the basics of what you've learned? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for me, I think a lot of what I went through was more of like the postpartum anxiety. Um, there's postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. It's all very linked, okay. just like anxiety okay. and depression are. Okay. Um, but I, I did a lot of reading like in those first couple of weeks, just trying to figure out like, where am I? What do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? Um, and just so much of it for me was like, I was just in like constant panic. It was really hard for me to relax. I was like so caught up in like, is he eating enough food? How am I going to feed him? Do I need to start with formula? Like it was just all of these decisions. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I couldn't make any of them. Like I was mm-hmm. just freeze when mm-hmm. I had to like think. Yeah. And, um, so it was more postpartum anxiety mm-hmm. for yeah. you. I think mm-hmm. postpartum depression is more of like, I'm not connecting with my baby. I don't, and I didn't have any of that. Like I loved Oakley. We had a connection from the beginning. Um, I felt more guilty about being so nervous and worked Mm -hmm. up. Like Mm -hmm. I felt like I should just be enjoying the time with Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was never like, you know, whenever I would like talk to doctors or anything, it's like, well, are you in danger? Is your baby in danger? It was never anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's more of like the postpartum depression type symptoms. Mine was just like, I was almost just having panic attacks constantly. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But I do think that anxiety and depression are linked Mm -hmm. in so many, um, in so many ways. And I think it's so good to clarify the difference though, in the postpartum situation, because I think you're right. Um, you know, the postpartum depression tends to be more of withdrawing mm-hmm. and not connecting and not bonding no. and not caring kind of. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you were over the yeah. top caring. <laughs> it, was, it was too far, too much. Yeah. And I know that it, the way that it, you know, plays out for every woman is different. But um, what do you think some of the common symptoms then would be? Um, you know, you already mentioned the uh, just kind of being super anxious about mm-hmm. feeding schedule or if he was taking getting taken care of okay and all of the doctors mm-hmm. coming in and you know, yeah. things like that. What are some other symptoms? Um, 
I I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I mean I think that's just a postpartum symptom. But um I remember like at night after we get him like down for the night. Yeah. It would be just so hard for me to fall asleep. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. relax. I would be thinking about okay, like are we getting him into good sleep habits? Am mm-hmm. I am I feeding him the right things am I making the right decisions about because I had decided to switch to formula the pumping was just too much for me and I Mm -hmm. I think just like mentally I needed that responsibility like off my shoulders yeah and so like I was feeling really guilty about that decision and yeah and whatnot but also like relieved about the decision as well so I would just like lay there and and toss and turn for hours Mm -hmm. like I what little time like he was actually sleeping at night yeah. I was not sleeping right and insomnia is is yeah. one of the symptoms of both mm-hmm. um postpartum and post anxiety mm-hmm. I think postpartum anxiety um and you know I think to um you know to think of us our bodies as holistic mm-hmm. beings too um I'm hearing different things about the different areas and different parts of our lives you know mm-hmm. the physical mental emotional mm-hmm. um all of the different things yeah um, you know, I looked it up on the Mayo Clinic website um, to just kind of see a couple things that they mm-hmm. had written down. And they said that, um, you know, that it has gotten to the point where you need help um, when it's the longevity of symptoms. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the things that you're describing, somebody may feel for two or three weeks, yeah. that would be very normal to be like, oh my word. I mean, I remember when we had Jackson and, you know, we got in the car to bring him home and I, I didn't have a panic attack, but I definitely was... Yeah stressed Mm -hmm. and getting home I was stressed and everybody holding him was stressful and Mm -hmm. you know so but then it kind of goes away or Mm -hmm. it kind of gets better and you you know so one of the things they had just said you know is if these things go on you know crying or mood swings or depressive thoughts or not bonding with the baby or a lack of interest in things or you know for you you know to be overly anxious about these kinds of things if they're not kind of fading after the first month of bringing the baby home or they get worse um, that, that it is probably time to call your doctor and get yeah. some help. Um, and I know also just from personal experience with some friends of mine that postpartum depression um, doesn't only happen with the birth of the first yeah. child. And that is something that was new to me as I had friends experience it maybe on their second or mm-hmm. third um, pregnancy. And I think the hard part about it, that is you just, I mean, you don't even know, how, you, you don't know how to navigate it and you're surprised by it. Mm-hmm. And so then you're dealing with it plus the surprise of it um, and you're not expecting it. Yeah. Um, well, this podcast is called Fighting for Joy, as you know. And when you're going through something as joy stealing as this, um, I'm sure there were and maybe are still um, many days when you lacked joy and that I can see how this would easily rob your joy. Mm-hmm. Um And I feel like a lot of women just suffer alone, um, maybe stay silent or try to tough it out or feel resistant to tell others that they're struggling. Um, And it just seems like it carries with it a certain level of shame. But, um, you know, when you have a new baby, especially somebody as perfect as little Oakley, (laughs) you know, you just want, like you said, you want to be happy and Uh excited and and just enjoy it. And um, so how how did it play out for you? with some of the things that maybe stole your joy, like when things weren't the way that you had hoped they would be or dreamed they would be, what robbed you of joy the most? Um, I think it was the guilt mm-hmm. that I felt that I shouldn't be feeling the way mm-hmm. that I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had so much, yeah, so much guilt of I, you know, I should be happy. I should be enjoying this time. I should be relaxing with him and just, right. you know, coming into motherhood naturally, like, you know, I expected yeah. it to be. And I even, I mean, even now I still have a lot of guilt about that time period about like, you know, mm-hmm. it was such a precious time period when they're a newborn. And I often will tell my husband, like, I feel like I, I wasted it away because I was just going through so much Now we also were moving at the same time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I was like ending one career, Mm -hmm. starting another one, didn't get like a ton of closure at my first, like my previous career because I left early. And so like, I think uh, I had a lot of personal things going Mm -hmm, on, on mm -hmm. top of being a new mom and the anxiety that came with that, you know? So I think it was just kind of, my therapist will say like, it was just the perfect storm. Like it wasn't just, you know, postpartum anxiety. It was 
yeah. like anxiety of like so many things changing in life, but then yeah. also like throwing a new baby on top of all for of that. For sure. For sure. And <clears throat> mom guilt is a real thing, you know, mm-hmm. throughout your entire journey of being a mom um, that will creep back in. Mm-hmm here and there. And, um, I've thought of that so many times when I've looked back at the picture of our kid pictures of our kids when they were all little. And I just think, Oh, I don't think I was fully engaged, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was so tired or I was focused on, you know, different things. And, um, and then, you know, they get older and there's other things. So it is a real thing. I could do a whole Mm -hmm. episode on, on mom guilt, but I think especially, um, when you're in a state like you were in mm-hmm. um, of severe anxiety like that, that the guilt would be overwhelming and mm-hmm. and might hinder you wanting to reach out yeah. or share with people. Um, so once you began to kind of realize that something was off and acknowledge that you were struggling, um, what kind of help, what kind of help did you seek? Um, at first, I reached out to my doctors in Lincoln where we used to live. Um, they have like a portal where you mm-hmm. can kind of chat with them. And we kind of knew because you do like a pre pre postpartum screener before you have okay. your baby so that they have something to compare once you're six weeks postpartum to like mm-hmm. just try to detect it a little earlier and whatnot. Um, and even before I had Oakley, I kind of flagged high on it because mm-hmm. I just was naturally more of a worrier. Mm-hmm. And so they were pretty on me about like, if things change, you need to let us know mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. And so I was already taking um, some medicine just daily that I had been taking for a while. Um, and so they decided to add some just to see if it would help mm-hmm. take it off. And it actually ended up having the reverse effect. Wow. And so for probably a month, I would get like shaky. My heart would be racing. Like when I woke oh, up in wow. the morning and I was just like, oh my gosh, another yeah. panic attack. Like what yeah. is happening? And then I finally started to figure out. Mm that it was when I took my medicine that I started to feel those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought it was maybe like because I was taking birth control again. It's like my hormones getting regulated. Right. Right. And so when I was talking to my husband about it and he was like, actually, I think he's a pharmacist. (laughs) And he was like, I actually think it's that extra one they added on. He's like, don't take it tonight and see how you feel. Mm -hmm. And I was like on cloud nine that night. I had never felt so relax. I mean, I don't know the technical terms for it, but it can like get to a point where your body has like too much of what that medicine gives you mm-hmm. that it actually has the reverse effect. Wow. And so once I got rid of that, that was probably about June. So Oakley was three months old. Mm-hmm. Once mm-hmm. I stopped taking the extra one and just like got myself kind of back to ground zero, yeah. you know, we were out of the super newborn phase mm-hmm. that really made a, a big difference was like kind of navigating through but it's just like I never expected medicine to be a problem and to have to like navigate through that right so that was one really big thing yeah you know I'm thankful for my husband and that mm-hmm. he knew those things because right. right. I had no clue and I think you know eventually we would have figured it out but yeah. I think it would have taken a lot longer yeah um yeah and then also I started seeing a counselor mm-hmm. here in town which mm-hmm. took a little bit to find and like kind of get adjusted to mm-hmm. um thankfully my cousin owns a practice so she kind of got me connected with good. some people yeah um, but even that, like the first one I met with just like, wasn't a super good match. So then like I went through that for yes, a couple weeks and yes, then I had to switch and mm-hmm. you know, that caused anxiety cause I felt guilty about that. And yeah. so it was just, you know, I, I still meet with the, like the current one I'm meeting with and it's just, it's been a really good, you know, just once a month, they don't yeah. need it very often, but yeah, it's just so nice to kind of have the reassurance and, right. and the game plan and yeah, just a way to figure out myself, but also figure out how to communicate with my husband when I am starting to get super worked up. Right. Just to get some tools. Yeah. 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 And as I mentioned earlier, you know, we are holistic beings. And so when we're going through a darker time, it doesn't just affect us emotionally and physically, Mm -hmm. but also spiritually. Um, So how has this affected your faith? I mean, I imagine there were times it was hard to maybe understand what is God doing and Um, you know, is he hearing my, my pleas for help, but maybe there were also some sweet times of, I don't know, maybe feeling God's presence or Mm -hmm. his love. So I would love for you to just share a little bit about what you've learned about God through this, um, as you've walked through this or how you've seen him meet you and provide for you. I think this is probably the first time that I was thankful that I went through the amount of anxiety that I Mm -hmm. did when I went to college 
because when I was in college, that was like the first thing I I ran to was, Mm -hmm. you know, I had these devotionals and I would just read them every day and just like pour myself into them and just try to like help those, you know, let those anchor me down for the day. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, once I got through all of that in college and got my job, I could see Mm -hmm. how like, you know, the Lord was just guiding me mm-hmm. every step of the mm-hmm. way. And I'll go back into a couple of them and like read the notes mm-hmm. and things that I, I made. And so I kind of had that, you know, background yeah. knowledge yeah. in my mind into this. And so I got a couple of new devotionals to kind of get myself into. And I always get excited about yeah. new ones. And yes. so yes. I ordered one called Midnight Mom Devotional. I love and it. it always, it's just these two moms. It's a, do- a mom and her daughter who okay. like their whole mission is to just like pray for the moms in every phase mm-hmm. of being a mom. Mm-hmm. And it always starts with like Dear God, tonight we pray for the mom who, and mm-hmm. then it, you know, goes into. Yeah. And some nights it's not, you know, applicable to me. It's like, you know, the mom who has kids that are in everything. Yeah. Um, but it's like they have this community. And so it's like when you're saying it or when you're reading it, you almost feel like you are mm-hmm. reading those devotionals with other women. And so if it's not one that is pertinent to you for that mm-hmm. night, you can feel like someday I'm going to need that one. Yeah. And um, so that's one that's been really important mm-hmm. to me. Um, I'm also, when I was younger, I was really active in our praise team at my church. Mm-hmm. And when we moved back, that was one thing. Even last year when we were like back and forth and coming to work on our house here, I would always like go and help my dad out mm-hmm. whenever they needed it. Um, and so I dove pretty hard into that this summer because I was just like, I need something. I need yeah. something to maybe not even look forward to, but just to hold me down and um, keep me grounded. And I did some singing with my family members this summer too, Mm -hmm. and with Bobby Anakey. And so that Mm -hmm. was a lot of fun just to kind of ground myself in things that have always helped me through. But definitely like praise team singing has always been a way I connect Mm -hmm. with God and people at my church. And so that's been really important to me. That's awesome. And so that's maybe some of the things you started doing early on in postpartum, but you're still doing Mm -hmm. that now. And, you know, I think that that's, um, you know, just having those things that you know you can run to Mm -hmm. um, that have worked in the past to bring you closer to the Lord, to calm you down, to ground you, um, to continue to implement them into your life. That's awesome. I want to take a quick break in our conversation here to introduce a new unpaid sponsor of the Fighting for Joy podcast, Access Period. Access Period is a nonprofit organization in Omaha that provides free menstrual products to anyone that needs them. Period poverty, or the lack of access to menstrual products, affects one in four women. When people don't have access to the products they need, they either stay home from work and school perpetuating the cycle of poverty, or they use unsafe and uncomfortable alternatives. Too often, period poverty is invisible, which makes it hard to connect with our neighbors who most need help. By supporting Access Period, you'll help to place menstrual products into the hands of the people who need them most, both through the organizations that already serve them and through free pickup locations all throughout Nebraska. If you are interested in learning more about Access Period, getting involved with fighting period poverty in your own community, or if you are someone who needs menstrual products, please visit www.accessperiod.com or find them on Instagram at Access Period. Okay, now back to the show. Yeah. So, you know, kind of going back to, um, the whole idea of us being holistic beings and having, um, one area of our life affect another, it makes me think about relationships and you've already brought it up a number of times, um, with you and Nathan learning to communicate and walk through something, um, together to a different level. Cause Mm -hmm. like you said, you have struggled with this over the years too. So it probably didn't catch him really flat footed. (laughs) Um, but it's still a whole different level. And now you have Oakley as well. And, um, as you said, you guys were moving and new jobs and, um, So I just kind of, if you're comfortable, I would just love to hear a little bit about how this affected your marriage, just what, what you've learned, uh, what was hard, what maybe even strengthened you guys in your relationship through all of this. I can see that it would be a total both and, you know, it would be both hard and also team building in some Mm -hmm. ways. Yeah, I think we both, we both had a lot of learning to do at the beginning, which I, we both expected, um, 
you know, to start off, Nathan was just studying for pharmacy boards all the time mm-hmm. and working. And so he mm-hmm. was just constantly needed somewhere and on the go. So he would come home and see us for like an hour or two, like eat dinner and then go back mm-hmm. to the little like office extra bedroom that we had set yeah. up and he would study until like 11 o'clock at night. And yeah, so it was wow. really, I mean, I think, I think at first we like were just surviving. We weren't, mm-hmm. there wasn't really a lot of like communication building between mm-hmm. us because mm-hmm. it was just trying to survive and yeah. get through him passing boards. And he actually, Oakley and Nathan got COVID in July mm. and it put Nathan out of studying for like a week and a half for boards. And he was coming up. He only had like a week and a half until he was supposed to take them. Wow. And he was just like, I don't feel like I'm ready. Wow. And if you fail, there's like a huge period of waiting before you can take it again. And mm-hmm then he wouldn't have been able to like keep working on his provisional pharmacy license. And so it just was all of these things. And so he decided to postpone his test for like three Mm -hmm. more weeks so that he could catch up the time that he missed when he was sick, which was ended up being a really good thing. And he passed, but it Mm -hmm. was like three more weeks of us just trying to like survive instead of like actually being able to be settled. Mm -hmm. Um, But once, you know, it all kind of like calmed down, he passes boards we got into a routine. I think the biggest impact it had was just that we both just had such different experiences growing up and mm-hmm. that really started to, yeah. you know, present itself in how we handled, yeah. you know, the tension and the stress. And so it took us a little bit to kind of figure out, you know, how do we communicate with each other when it's mm-hmm. heightened and when Oakley is screaming and we're trying to figure out what we need to do yeah. or, yeah. You know, our dog had to have surgery, so we were dealing with that on right. top of a baby. Yeah. And it was just a lot at once. And so we both had kind of had to figure out, like, how do I communicate in times of, like, heightened stress without being, like, snappy or aggressive, like, at my partner? Because yeah. that was one yeah. thing that was really important to both of us, but that both of us are really bad at. <laughs> and so yeah. I yeah. think that was the biggest thing that's helped us because if – if we can like take a deep breath and then say what we need to say, I think it's heard better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. not that we're perfect at it, but yeah. I think that was one of the hardest things for us is just, we're both so like quick to say yeah. what we need yeah. to say. And it just, yeah. it's harder to do that with a yes. little baby. <laughs> but that is a great point that, you know, when you're going through something difficult, the rest of your life doesn't come to a halt. Yeah. I mean, you had to be dealing with all of this postpartum stuff while you were doing all of the other things, mm-hmm. including a dog surgery, yeah. right? And, you know, and everything. So yeah, it's it's just a lot on your plate. <clears throat> and so to get the kind of help and have the kind of time to talk and he's in the other room studying, I mean, that had to feel lonely at times yeah. and isolating and a little frustrating. And what about with family and friends? I mean, did you feel like you were withdrawing a little bit or were you reaching out and saying, I need a little extra help? I'm not doing so well. What did other relationships look like? Um, I think that was one of the harder things for me to figure out. Um, I've always been really open about, you know, the things that I struggle with. And I was really open with my family and our friends about like, yeah, we're really excited. We have this new baby, but like, Mm -hmm. here's also Mm -hmm. what's going on. So like if I am short or if I don't want to do something, this is why it's not just because I don't want to. Um, and that was really hard. I'm not good at setting boundaries. I'm a very Mm -hmm. big people pleaser, but there were just times that I had to be like, I can't, I can't today. I, Mm -hmm. or, you know, there were times that I would be like, I need you to come over because I need to take a deep breath and I can't with a little tiny baby. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was, you know, there were both situations where I felt like Mm -hmm. I needed to be a little bit more withdrawn so that I could just feel like I could take a deep breath and not have to make anyone else happy. Yeah. Um, But there were other times where I needed, um, especially when I was in the height of like figuring out the medicine thing Mm -hmm. and like having a lot of the physical symptoms Mm -hmm. where I would wake up and just be like, I'm tired of feeling like I need to cry. Like I need, I remember I went over to my parents were out of town and I went over to Nathan's mom's house and I just showed up on her doorstep and I was just crying. And Mm -hmm, I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong. I just feel like shaking and crying. Like, and she was like, okay, come in, you know? And it was just like, I didn't know what to do. So I just ran, Mm -hmm, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, that's a beautiful story (laughs) of just having, you know, and that is one of the blessings of you guys being back Mm -hmm. here surrounded by family, but even people who aren't, you know, to kind of build that community, before you're going through hard things so mm-hmm. that you have the people you can show up at their yeah. doorstep and just a mess and yeah. don't even know what or what's going on but 
they will take you in and love mm-hmm. on you. Yeah. And I did that several times to my parents, you know, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when Nathan was really busy studying, like I would take Oakley for a walk, but just like show up on their yeah. porch and just be a mess. And I didn't even know why. Yeah. Um, but I think too, also like finding community in motherhood was so important to me over the summer, especially mm-hmm. when Nathan was so busy. Um, we kind of reconnected with a friend who we graduated with and his wife and Mm -hmm. they have a baby who's just a little bit older than Oakley. She just turned one. Um, but they also have like a couple other kids a little bit Mm -hmm. older too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, she's been through it Mm -hmm. two times and she's a stepmom too. So it's just all those things. And so we would meet like once a week for coffee and it was like, I held on to that every week. Like, Oh, on Tuesday I'm getting coffee with Monica. You know, like it was just... I needed it so bad and still like we're both teachers so like with school it's a little bit harder mm-hmm. to find time to connect but we still like meet up and every time I'm just like oh. yeah because you just know everything you're saying like they understand they relate with yeah. you they get it yeah and you know like our friends were amazing the mm-hmm. whole time you know mm-hmm. they were they were with me in college when I went through it and mm-hmm. so they know it but they were you know so sweet and brought stuff and checked in on us all the time but it was just it was really special to connect with some new friends who were mm-hmm. new moms and mm-hmm. you know we connected with some friends at um the church that Nathan goes to too mm-hmm. and you know they have yeah. a son and you know all that yeah. stuff so it was just finding community in motherhood mm-hmm. was probably one of the biggest lifesavers for me in this yes, past year for sure I remember it was for me too and I think in any season of life you know we're empty nesters now and so to find other people that are in that mm-hmm. season I think you know you definitely need to have a wide spectrum of friends in all different mm-hmm. stages and ages I think you can learn a lot from not just surrounding yourselves um, with your own age group all of the time but it also there's just something special about people who get it mm-hmm. and who are in the same season and the same stage of life and I remember those times too of just so looking forward to bringing little Jackson and Justine to, you know, I did a couple of classes at the Y. It was called uh, Rock and Stroll. Oh. And, <laughs> and we'd put our babies in the, in the strollers and do these little, you know, exercises or we'd meet at the beach or at the park. And it was just so life-giving for me. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like whatever you said, they were like, uh-huh, me too. Me yeah. too. You know, so that was very, very good. I'm glad you you found that too. Um, so let's see. Oakley is almost going to be one, you said. So mm-hmm. about 10, 11 months into this. So where are you at with things now? I mean, do you feel like you are kind of in a good rhythm and a good place? Is it still tending to kind of creep in here or there? Um, just where are you at? I feel like I am much more settled into just kind of the normal mm-hmm. ebbs and flows of motherhood. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm learning that it just, it comes with times that are more stressful and mm-hmm. times that are more overwhelming. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that when I get overwhelmed, I just get overwhelmed quicker and it feels bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely more, more stable. Like I can, I remember when I was newly postpartum, and I would talk to people who were moms about this. Mm-hmm. You know, they would always say, like, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. You're not going to feel like this forever. Yeah. You know, you will be able to go out and do things again. You're not just going to be secluded to your house. Yeah. And I would just be like, oh, well, you know, yeah. I, it was so hard for me to yeah. see it and believe it. But, like, you know, I feel like I'm there now where I'm yeah. like, okay, I understand yes. what you were saying. I get it. Like, you yeah. know, it was just you know, if I could go back and tell, you know, myself, you know, just hang on, keep, you know, taking yeah. it one day at a time, which was really what I was doing. I, I had no yeah. <laughs> big term goals in mind at yeah. that time. Cause it was just one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And there usually is light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. and any hard thing that you're going through. I mean, I've definitely learned that in grief as well. I mean, the laughter returns and some, mm-hmm. you know, just the hope kind of buoys up and you just all of a sudden are like, okay, I will forever be grieving, but, mm-hmm. um, I've learned how to kind of live with, with it and yeah. find a lot of happiness and joy in it. And I'm sure for you, anxiety just doesn't go away. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially if this is something that you've been dealing with for most of your life, um, to just realize, okay, there's different ways that I can mm-hmm. work around it and deal with it. And there'll probably be normal ebbs and flows and times it's harder and times it's easier. And yeah. that encouragement from other people to say, 
keep going, Mm -hmm. you know, keep the course. Um, and just, it will, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. And that's a big reason why I wanted to have you on too, was just to give that kind of hope, Mm -hmm. you know, and just to say, you know, it's not a hundred percent behind you. She's not like, oh, yep, that was a season and now everything is great. (laughs) And, um, but to just say, yeah, this is something that you are in the middle of still walking through. Um, but you do have a good Mm -hmm. handle on it now, but I think it will provide, um, hope for people Mm -hmm. that maybe are finding themselves in a similar situation. How do you fight for joy? like big and small ways now, like say it's a normal Saturday, like it is now. And you're like, "Uh Oh, I'm feeling the panic coming in. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling the anxiety, right. You know, kind of rising to the surface. What's just a practical, I mean, do you take a nap? Do you go for a walk? Do you pull out your devotional? Do you call a friend? Like what's give me one or two practical things you would do today if that was happening to you. I think my immediate go-to recently has just been like stopping mm-hmm. and spending time with Oakley like because sometimes I get in this mode where I'm like you know giving him breakfast and cleaning the kitchen and doing all yeah. these things but just like stopping myself and like going to the living room and sitting down and playing with him you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. slowing down and not making myself try to get so many things done at once mm-hmm. has been a really big game changer you know in the current season that I'm in um and when it is nice out we like to go outside yeah. and go yeah. for walks and yeah. If, you know, like when it's been really cold, we'll go for a drive and like go get some coffee or something just mm-hmm. to get out. That's always been kind of my go-to is just go get mm-hmm. out. You know, when he was little, and yeah. would like take a nap in his in the car. It would always yeah. be like, well, it's nine o'clock. You need to yeah. nap. I need some coffee. Let's go for a 30 <laughs> minute right. drive. You know, yeah. Like, getting out that of was the house my go-to. is huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is. And I'm sure he, you know, is one of your biggest sources of joy mm-hmm. too. What is something he's doing now that you're loving? Um, he has found his eyebrows recently oh, that's so cute. and to like put his lips together and oh, raise them up really so high cute. and he just makes really silly faces with it. And he knows he like, when we uh-huh. laugh, he'll yeah. like do it even more. That. And so <laughs> that's really bringing me joy. And also Nathan is really coming into being a dad lately. Like mm, I can just I that. see it in his eyes like in the morning especially if he's gonna have to work late like he'll race me to the bedroom to wake Oakley up because he wants to get him ready in the morning and so that's been a really big piece of joy too is you know we we went through so much to to kind of get to this point Mm -hmm. and to see like to feel like okay I'm finally not like yeah you know pulling so much from Nathan too in terms of like support and and help but also like he's really coming into being a dad and just really loving it a lot yeah I love that well as we kind of wrap up here there's just uh, a couple things I would love for you to just kind of leave my listeners with um first just what advice do you have for a new mom who you know just brought home a beautiful life into this world but just isn't feeling like herself she's struggling she's you know, just wondering um, if she needs help. So just what would you say to her? And then secondly, um, you know, to um, maybe somebody who's hoping that uh, family is down the road. You know, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of younger listeners, including my own two daughters, mm-hmm. and um, and I want them to be prepared and, you know, not in a sense of worry or dread or fear, but just to feel equipped and prepared and informed. So um, what are some things that you would encourage them to do? We've talked a little bit, but mm-hmm. just to kind of summarize it, let's start with a new mom who might be struggling. What would you say to her today? Um, I actually have my, so my cousin had been messaging me kind of, you know, when I was going through mm-hmm. all of it mm-hmm. and we're on my dad's side of the family. We're really close. We don't see everyone together. We have a reunion like every other year. So we don't see everyone together like in person often, but Mm -hmm. we all try to stay pretty connected on social media. And so she kind of knew I was going through it. You know, she had seen Mm -hmm. my posts and she's a mom too. And so she sent me this message. um, I am sorry it's been so hard. I'm glad Mm -hmm. you feel supported and that you're working through things and that you have resources Postpartum is definitely not the same for every mom and baby. It's always challenging because babies are challenging, but not every mom experiences Hmm. everything the same way. I had a hard time and it was honestly really traumatic. I remember feeling so terrible and then guilty. All of that to say, you're not alone and you can make it through this. Keep getting help. I didn't and I really wish I would have. Be honest with where you're at. You will be you again. That was something I struggled with. Mm -hmm, You will mm -hmm. feel joy and enjoy your life again. Um, just 
please feel free to reach out and praying for wow. you. And that was one that I, I mean, I got that probably the second month of postpartum and I went back and reread that message yes, over and yes. over and over again. Like the, the feeling of you're not yourself anymore. So real, like, so real. you know, am I ever going to be able to just like go places and do things and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff? I had never expected that feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was just like the biggest you know, a piece of hope that I can give is, is that mm-hmm. message. I, I can't say it better than she no, did. No, that's beautiful. Um, I love that. But that's beautiful. I think for someone who's hoping to be a mom someday, um, know that the hard parts are normal mm-hmm. and that it's, a you're supposed to feel them. I think the hard, mm-hmm. the hardest thing for me was that I thought, you know, I was a bad mom or I wasn't equipped to be a mom because things were hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just so just so wrong and it's just off and everyone mm-hmm. I talk to is like oh no it was hard for me too I cried all the time you know like mm-hmm. it's just everyone goes through it you know whether you're going to go through it when you're right mm-hmm. postpartum or when your kid's a toddler when they go to start school you know it's just different yeah in everyone's season of life but I think it's so easy to just look at you know people's highlight reels and and see all of the good and the happy or see all of the ideas and methods and things you can do for your baby yeah. like it can just be so easy to get caught up in that and just know like you will always know what's good and what's right for yeah. your your child and yeah you know i I, I always just decided like we're just going to we're going to lean into our pediatrician and we're going to mm-hmm. let her lead us through all of this and I'm just gonna unfollow a lot of accounts because it was just too much for me yes you You know for some people it's helpful but it was just so much information and it was conflicting information and it was hard to know like if it was scientists you know science-based or opinion-based or Mm -hmm. so I think my husband finally went through and like deleted a whole bunch of accounts off of my phone for a long time and that was really honestly helpful you know yeah I think everyone has good intentions in sharing, but just yeah. for me personally, it was yeah. really helpful to just kind of have my headspace open up a little bit mm-hmm. and clear yeah. that out. And I think that's just a yeah. huge to- a tool in the fight for joy, like mm-hmm. as a whole is just to have not so many voices in yeah. your life, you know, to kind of just narrow in on a few mm-hmm. that you can listen to because otherwise, yeah, it is overwhelming and conflicting mm-hmm. and the comparison piece always robs us of joy. And I think, you know, as I've been thinking about it too, with, you know, with my own girls, with some of the other young, young listeners, as I reflect back on my journey as a mom and preparing for you to come mm-hmm. today too. And I just think there's so many things that are applicable, no matter what kind mm-hmm. of hard you're going to go through. And we've talked about them all, but just to summarize, you know, I think the the whole idea of community is huge. And I think that, you know, before you go through something hard, um, you know, being intentional about relationships and learning to be vulnerable with just a few trusted friends mm-hmm. and learning how to communicate with your husband and, um, you know, just living life in close community with others so that when you face something hard, no matter what it is, if it's postpartum or if it's the loss of a child or if it's anxiety um, or depression just separate from postpartum or financial strain, health issues, you know, divorce, mm-hmm. there's just so many hard things that you know, people will face. And so to kind of have your people Mm -hmm. and be intentional about that so that when hard things happen, you have, you know, others who will walk with you. Um, I think I'm like you also just an advocate for counseling. And Mm -hmm. I think a good proactive step too would be just to have a plan in place for counseling Mm -hmm. um, or for therapy, you know, kind of like you did too, like you already had seen somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, to do some research on on a good counselor now and get the paperwork filled out now and maybe even have like an initial session. I I was thinking about that too for young moms, like to have the counselor see you before you're a mom, kind of have a baseline would be uh, smart. And then, you know, if you are struggling, you know who to call and they're ready to see you. Um, And then lastly, I think, um, again, we've talked about it, but I think it's huge to keep growing in your faith and, Mm -hmm. um, and to, um, to deepen your love for God now and to prioritize your walk with him and have resources. Like you said, you had these devotionals already um, and to just have a strong, sturdy faith um, foundation before the storm comes. And I think sometimes when we're struggling, when we're in the depths of, something hard it's not the easiest time to read and understand and try to figure out the bible and mm-hmm. learn what god's promises are um or sometimes we don't even have the words to pray mm-hmm. um so it can be super helpful to have some of god's promises memorized and hidden in our heart and to have 
you know, prayer and communication with God kind of already built up and just to have a relationship with him already. And like you said, too, I love that being plugged into a church and getting back into, you know, the building community piece that that we've been Mm -hmm. talking about. Um, A church family um, can really carry you through some hard things. So, well, I don't know if you have anything else you want to share, anything you can think of. Um, I did just remember, you know, on some of my like hardest nights, I remember I would be trying to like put Oakley down by myself. Nathan would be studying or he would be working and, you know, he was, he was a pretty good baby in terms of, you know, going to sleep and all that stuff. But I remember I would just like rock in the chair with him and I would just sing like as many praise songs as I could like come up with in my head or I'd play them on my phone and sing along because I was just like I don't know what to do I don't know why I'm feeling this way Mm -hmm. like I just need I just need this and I just remember like you know now when I am in the chair with Oakley before he goes to Mm -hmm. bed I'll just like sit there and be like wow (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know a couple Mm -hmm. months ago I was here and it was not okay and now I'm here and it is okay and it's just you know such a testament to how faithful the Lord is and mm-hmm. and just how important it is to lean into those things. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect way to end. So thank you so much for just saying yes when I asked mm-hmm. you to come do this and just for your openness and for um, being willing to share all that you did. And I think, you know, similar to grief and what I've learned there, you know, the way through postpartum is, is through. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to face it head on. You have to seek help when needed and Um, you know, sometimes if it's not addressed and dealt with, it just usually doesn't go away on its own. Or if it does, it might even lead, leave like a path of destruction, you know, behind it. So, um, you know, I, I think our encouragement today is just, um, get help if you are feeling like something is off, that, um, that this is more common than what we are led to believe and that people are not alone, you know, they're not alone in hard things and there's real help and real hope to be found. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.